This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll hear new music from the Southwest Florida-based rock band Rosaline. The band is fresh off a summer tour that took them throughout the South to venues in Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, among others. Parts of the band's own self-description reads, The show combines an Elvis-on-drug-style spectacle with well-crafted songs that are actually about something, seeking the joyful exuberance of what rock and roll was before it got so worn out with itself. I love that description. Music highlights in today's program are going to feature Caleb Neff, frontman of Rosaline, performing acoustic interpretations live in studio. Neff is a multi-talented guitarist, singer, songwriter, producer, and mix engineer. He runs the full-service recording studio Juniper Recording in Cape Coral, through which she's worked with tons of our region's favorite musicians, including names like Kyle Ann, Solixer, Rocks Revolt in the Velvets, Katie Lyon, Claire Liparulo, The Free Coasters, Cody Weaver, and many, many others. Rosaline is delivering more of its self-described greasy rock and roll with several new singles, and the band will celebrate the release of their latest single, Heartbreakin', with a show at Nice Guys in Cape Coral. That's Friday night at 8 o'clock, and in addition to Rosaline's music. We're also going to be including performances from Claire Liparulo, Rick Setzer, Hunter McDaniel, and the first ever live performance of Peter and the End. Caleb's been a guest on previous episodes of Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition, but I think today marks the first time we've had Caleb performing on the program since uh, just before the pandemic lockdown, so this feels overdue. Caleb Neff, welcome back to Gulf Coast Live Arts Edition. John, that intro is so good. I feel like we should just spike the ball. <laughs> it's like it's like that George thing on Seinfeld. He goes, if you take everything I've done in my whole life and condense it to one day, it looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me. Well, let's go ahead and uh, kick things off with the song. And I love to hear, uh, you know, this latest single, Heartbreaking. So Heartbreaking, it doesn't have that great of a story, but this is the true story. I was playing at the Island Hopper Festival and I was thoroughly outclassed by the person I was playing. You know, they they tag you up with somebody who has hits usually and you have like a local guy like me and then somebody who's got like eight number ones. So it wasn't the first time that I had been with somebody who was like amazing and I was just trying to keep up. But this particular night, there was a ton of local artists there, many of the names you just mentioned. And I was like, oh man, the entire time just sitting there going like, I have got to try harder to write a couple of good songs. It's <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, I just wrote a uh, hopefully really fun feeling sorry for yourself rock song the day after that very uh for me embarrassing performance and that's what this is. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, let's hear it. All this To worry me a bit They said give it a month I already did that once Didn't do I learned to meditate Now I just see your face How's this supposed to help? And if you see me out tonight, 
was the newest single from the Southwest Florida-based rock band Rosaline titled Heartbreakin'. The band will be celebrating this and other new songs with a performance tomorrow night at Nice Guys in Cape Coral. Rosaline frontman Caleb Neff is with us in studio and stay tuned for more music performed by Caleb throughout today's show. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to wax poetic a little bit about some of your band members because mm-hmm. I, I notice on the website you, you, know, you make a point of noting that these are you know, veterans of the industry. They've all had professional experience touring and whatnot. Just yeah. tell me a bit about the band. <laughs> Somehow I keep luring all of these absolute tens into playing these gigs that is like zero glamour, <laughs> zero dollars. Uh, yeah, kind of my manager friend commented on that the other day. He was like, how do you get all these people to <laughs> – I don't know. Somehow they find me charming. <laughs> yeah, Joe, um, who's been playing with us forever, was doing sessions at Muscle Shoals when he was like 17 and played on some records that everybody's heard. And uh, Rick, who plays bass, who's kind of like my collaborator from the beginning – was on a band that had a major label deal like right out of high school. And so usually we have kind of like a big rotating cast of friends that will show up and play depending on what's going on. But usually I'm the only person on stage that doesn't have fantastically interesting (laughs) background experience (laughs) of playing on some hit record or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's got to be something about the music too. Potentially, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's not for you to say. Okay, don't know. okay. <laughs> we all have a pretty good time. So one of the great things about like once you lure in a couple of people that are pretty great, then other people want to come play because it's a good hang and everybody that's there is good, you know. So it it becomes kind of self attracting. 
I want to talk about how you write music, like what your uh-huh. approach is, like whether gaining the skills you have in being a professional recording and an engineering artist, does that make the process more difficult? Because I'm thinking it might be easier to focus on writing a song if in the back of your mind you're not thinking about all the elements and things you would want to add later in the studio. Yeah, that's a problem. It really is. Like, it's both a bug and a feature because you can't flip that part of your brain off. And so one of the things that I've started doing is for my own stuff, I don't track it at my studio and I don't mix my own stuff because that's a recipe for never getting anything, like, across the finish line. So, like, that record, the song we just heard, we tracked that at Blackbird in Nashville just because that's a fancy and fun place to go. And I don't have any other hobbies. So <laughs> like some people play golf. I spend all of my money on other recording studios, even though I live in one. Um, and that song was mixed by a guy named Chris Shaw, who has a bunch of Grammys, and he's done all of Bob Dylan stuff for the last 30 years or something. So it's great because I get to give it away to other people and then... Well, that's amazing, but it's like a curse. You have this skill set and you can't use it for yourself. Yeah, well, like... it's just I've learned from experience that it's like if I want to do my own stuff, what that looks like is retracking guitars that didn't need to be retracked for like six months <laughs> and then one day going like, it would have been cool to see my kids grow up, but instead <laughs> I mixed this song forever. And by the time I... And this is what I tell other artists too all the time. And I'm kind of practicing what I preach. It's like demoing your own stuff at home. Yes, do that. Capturing ideas. Yes, do that. When it comes to thinking that you're going to be the one to get your own music across the finish line, most of the time, if you consider the amount of hours you put into that, like it would have been cheaper to pay somebody else to get it done. Because, like, your time it has to have some value. If you assign minimum wage to the amount of time you spent retracking <laughs> things that no one's going to hear, you spent thousands of dollars yeah. on that mix. So, yeah, to, to your point, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. We do a lot of recording at my place, but I'm, I'm never the one that's, like, pushing it across the finish line. Because then I listen to the song a year later, and all I can hear is, like, damn, why did I leave that tambourine so loud? Like, I'm just picking apart my own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also noticed, just keeping it on Juniper for a moment, you you have this penchant for weaving in old recording equipment. Yeah. And I'm curious about that because, you know, just generally when we think about tech, the the idea is, you know, newer is synonymous with better, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily the case with recording equipment. Well, it's like all meaning is context- dependent. So if you're trying to make a certain type of record, you know, you just need the tools for that. So I listen to like modern country records and modern metal records, and I'm just like blown away. People can do incredible things with software in their basement, and it sounds better than anything I've ever done. But it's not what I'm interested in doing Hmm. personally. So like, like if you listen to Claire's, uh, Claire Liparulo's record, who's playing with us at, at Nice Guys, who, you know, I produced that record and play on it a bunch. And, like, there's some songs on there that sound really authentically like 60s, 70s R&B stuff. And so that was the vibe that we wanted. So even more than the gear that was involved, like, there was a lot of gear involved, and we, like, mastered that song to tape and all kinds of nerdy stuff. But the first thing we did was we tracked everything that we could live together in the room. So there's a bunch of stuff on that record that's like, including her vocal and her guitar and my guitar and the drummer and the, like, 
six of the seven things were captured in one pass. Oh, wow. And you hear little, like, you know, human. Somebody might call them flubs. I just call them, like, human things. And you go, well, that's a huge part. That's more important than any of the gear. Like, hmm. letting human beings capture something in one take that's, like, it's really, really good, and anything that might seem like a flaw is just charming. All right. I love that. I wouldn't have thought – not coming from that world, I wouldn't have thought about it that way. So, yeah, if uh, you're making a modern country record, you're going to do 30 layers of guitars. You, you have to do all those one at a time to a click to make them all really pretty. I mean, sometimes that's the right answer. That's not my favorite way to work, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll do it if that's what the song needs to sound like. But it's really fun if you can just get all the right people in the room and just, like, take three – Everybody stands back and goes, wow. And you go, all right, let's not play it again. Yeah. Why Love can't that. that just be the record? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh. Now let's do some like oohs and ahs for background vocals and then <laughs> send it off to mix. That's it, right? Like, Well, let's hear uh, uh, our, our second song. And uh, right. this will be uh, an acoustic version. Also going to be one of the uh, the newer Rosaline songs. All right, so I'm on these two mics, huh, Richard? Shout out to Richard, the production guy. Don't are you gonna edit out your shout out, Richard? Better not. <laughs> yeah, close. To, see, no, this is where you got me already because I'm like, let's just do stuff that's human and real, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a live in studio acoustic, is uh, anybody gonna melodyne my vocals when we're done with this? Uh, yeah, so this is the single that we just put out, I don't know, six weeks ago or whatever. And it's kind of, um, not that you ask for a preamble, but here's one. It's kind of a reflection um, on my 20s, which I spent uh, as a pastor at a big church. And so now I'm kind of like, my 30s are like Benjamin buttoning my adulthood. Like I feel very much like I'm going in reverse. And uh so this is just sort of a reflection on that. Best I could put that all down in two minutes and 59 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarette heart burning down the happy town. Wild and nameless, give myself the run around. Last chunk of change, circle in the drain. Can't do anything right. Oh, oh, oh. There is nothing to fear There is nothing you need to know huh. Loving Jesus song becomes the devil's work Slave your ass off dying just to come in third Does it matter now? 
sacred cow falls down in the dirt. Oh, oh, gotta give up so there is nothing to fear, there is nothing you need to know. Every day I wake up, it gets harder and harder and harder. Keep trying to tell myself nothing's wrong. And that was Cigarette Heart, uh, one of the newest songs from the Southwest Florida-based band Rosaline. That was an acoustic version performed by Rosaline frontman Caleb Neff. I love that one. I, I love the video. Tell me about the – first of all, I just love it when a video has its own little story. Yeah. Narrative. Where was that film, though? It definitely wasn't here. That was in Nashville. Yeah. Um, a drummer friend of mine uh, who lives there, I said to him, uh, we've known each other for a long time, so texts like these – from me, like on a Tuesday morning, are not weird. I said, Hey, Taylor, do you know of a crack house we could film in? <laughs> and he's like, I got you. <laughs> oh, I just figured you trashed your friend's house or something. No, okay. it happened to be just like a guy he knew from work who was tearing. He bought a fixer upper and it was trashed, and all he had done was start tearing stuff out. And so we're like, hey, man, for a couple of hundred bucks, will you not fix anything for a few weeks? Because, like, we're going to come up there and film a music video. Mm. And, yeah, we got a fantastic music video director in Nashville who's probably only worked exclusively with people that are a lot cooler than us, which is a theme of my life. (laughs) And, yeah, that video is amazing. I don't know how to get people to watch things anymore. Like, you just post something on Instagram and, like, 30 people will see it. But... Thanks for the shout out because we did spend a lot of money on that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it looks professional. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. It's really good. You used to be able to just post these things on Facebook and like people would see them, and that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping it wasn't too many takes because you'd have had to smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> a lot happened before 11 a.m. that day. I will say that. And she, so she had these fake cigarettes, and she's like, "Here, I got fake cigarettes for the shoot today." I'm like, "Oh, great." Let me tell you, the only thing worse, and I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> smoke. The only thing worse than cigarettes is fake cigarettes. I was like, can somebody please go buy cigarettes? These are horrible. <laughs> uh, when did you film that? Was that before Rosaline went on tour in August? Uh, yeah, that was in like December of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. we've been stockpiling material for like three years. When the world, you know, shut down, we were already in the process of recording some stuff. And um, we were able, because all the tours shut down, we were actually able to get a lot of cool people involved because they didn't have anything else going on um, in their lives. And so, you know, my manager buddy was like, just don't put out any music in 2020. Like, nobody's going to even notice. So Yeah. 
So we just have been, we're like releasing, like heartbreaking, we did in 2020. So we're just like, we have an incredible, many, many hard drives worth of material that we've been creating for the last three years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was was that generally, I mean, no, it's not great for the recording business side of your life, but as far no. as being able to create music, was the forced isolation maybe a silver lining? Yeah, I mean, there's, there was some of that. I don't know. Everything has, uh, you can choose to look at things optimistically if you want, if you choose. Um, there were definitely aspects of that that sucked and made life really hard, obviously. But yeah, there were some ways where we, we looked at that and we were like, well, what can we do? You know? Yeah. Um, so let's do, let's do what we can. And, um, you know, we reached out to like a guy who's become a friend is just like we reached out to one of our favorite guitar players and we're just like, hey, man, like, do you want to come to Blackbird and work on some stuff with us? And he's like just responded on Instagram and was like, I just blocked out the whole week. I was like, "Whoa, okay, (laughs) cool. He's like, my tour got canceled. I haven't left the house in three months. What do you want to do? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know. We were trying to make it work for us the best you can. Well, you know, now we are in the post-pandemic world. Obviously, you did the uh, the tour in August up in uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, I think it was a show in Gainesville, maybe yeah. on the way there, on the way back. Tell me about life on the road. Is that hard to go back and forth between, you know, living in Cape Coral, being a dad, and then living that life. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely two different people. I'm not sure how people do that long term. Some people are just built for that. Yeah. I can do a few days in a row of no sleep and then <laughs> after that. Uh, so, it was a good test of my friendship with Rick because we drove a few thousand miles and played some really lame shows and still we're we're still friends. So, it was kind of a test case of like, can we do this as like actual adults? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I think we're going to do more of it. All right. Well, let's talk about Friday's show at Nice Guys. There's going to be a lot of other local musicians performing as well. Is this, as we were kind of talking before we cracked the mics, like part of just the the large number of people who have been in Rosaline over the years? Because it's going to be other folks too, people you've known through just being part of the local scene. Yeah. So what happens is that Like, I have a band, and then all these incredible players that I've roped into doing this thing, and then all those people end up playing on other people's record. So, like, Claire's record, for example, Claire's playing on Friday, like, most everybody in Rosaline played on that record. So it's really easy for us to back her up at a show, and over time, we're just doing that, like, more and more and more. Mm. And so we talked about doing it, like, um, doing these shows, we're calling Rosaline and Friends, we're going to do more of them and and make it an an ongoing regular thing. And it'd be like they used to do, like, Sun Records showcases, the same band backs up, like... Johnny Cash and Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, he's got the same band. Like, so, um, yeah, we're kind of doing that. We, I, I just texted somebody on the way over here and they were like, I don't have a gig on Friday. And I was like, sounds like you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> you do. There's not enough room <laughs> on the concert poster for all the people that are going to be there. But yeah, it's really a natural extension of stuff that's already happening between Rosaline and the studio. And so we're just trying to figure out how to, put wheels on it and and make it a thing so that it really showcases a lot of the best of what's going on, I think, artistically, musically in Southwest Florida. I know you've uh, recorded Peter Coulter. Yeah. And he's going to be performing for the first time live as Peter in the end. What is this? 
Dude, have you heard any of Peter's? You got you to gotta listen to Peter's stuff on Spotify. It's unreal, especially if you know him from the Electric Mud, yeah. which is like, That's... you know, Black Sabbath dueling guitar solos. <laughs> and like, I mean, they're like legit, probably the best rock band from Southwest Florida, maybe, at least in, uh, in their lane. And so he's doing stuff. The first time we sat down to work together in the studio, we're like working <clears throat> something out. And I was like, what does this sound like? We're starting to just sort of put, like, what about a little Mellotron? What if we double-track this acoustic guitar part? And I'm, like, halfway into the day, and I was like, hey, dude, are we are we doing Paul Simon? Is that what's <laughs> happening right now? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. And we start listening to, like, Graceland and stuff, and I'm like, dude, I think we're doing Paul Simon. Like, yeah. his stuff is all over the map, and his lyrics are brilliant. He's like a music nerd as well. So Electric Mud showcases this one side of this one thing mm-hmm. that he does. And the Peter in the End stuff has like essentially zero overlap with that. It's like got classical guitar solos and like, you know, nylon stuff and choirs. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Um, he seems like someone you maybe and particularly enjoy working with in terms of the studio side. I know he did one of your in the pool sessions. Yeah. Well, he's just so talented, and um, I, you know, in some ways, we're a good fit. We drive each other nuts a little bit at times, but he'll show up with like half of an idea, and just sort of like, "Here's a and I'm like, "Wait, are there no lyrics to that?" Yeah, but it's. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the day, it's something. So it's really cool to work with artists where you have that relationship and that trust, where you can be a part of forming what it is. A lot of times that's easier than somebody who comes in and they're like, I've been playing this song out five years in this way. And then you go, yeah, but it's in the wrong key for your voice. And I want to hear it at a different tempo. And I don't want to hear that bridge five times. Can we talk about that? No, because I'm not attached to it now. Right. Right. Oh, well, I'm. I also wanted to bring up, because I know you recently produced and mixed this really powerful song for uh, Sheena Brooke. I know she's yeah. not going to be performing Friday, but can you tell me a little bit about yeah. Pray not, Again? Not this time, but hopefully yes. next time we're going to get Sheena in on one of these. Yeah, that's a song that she wrote, if I understand correctly, she wrote it the day after losing her home mm. in the hurricane. And, I mean, they were in a harrowing situation. You can see, like, the footage on her socials of, like, they were riding the storm out on Fort Myers Beach, and then the water starts coming up, and they were, like, they were in a very serious situation. And so she has been a friend of mine for a few years, and we've gotten to know each other from doing Island Hopper and stuff like that. And uh, she just texted me and said, hey, I got to do a quick thing. Like, are you free, you know, tomorrow afternoon or whatever? I had no idea what we were doing. I thought she was going to do like a feature. because I've never worked with her on her own stuff in the studio. She's come in and done things for other people. So I thought she was probably doing a feature for somebody out of town. Mm -hmm. And then she shows up and, okay, here it is. And she goes, oh, I didn't send you the demo? And I go, I don't know what we're doing. She, yeah. <laughs> she starts she starts playing this song, and I'm like, I can't even breathe. I'm like, okay, be cool. You know, you have yeah. that inner, inner monologue. She's like, just be cool. Act like you do this every day. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, hey, all right, well, what if we, you know, what if we made the tempo of this or whatever? And we did that in a couple of hours, and 
I sang on it, which was cool. I was going to ask, it's like, it sounded like you, but I couldn't. Yeah. You don't make yourself the focus. Um, yeah. So it's hard and to I tell. And I recommended, yeah. we should, we should, I was like, we should get someone else. She's like, we don't have time. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would, I did a couple takes. I'd be looking, it's just me and her in the room. And yeah. I'm like trying to, you know, create this part and then sing it cool. And I'm like, this is bad. I shouldn't be on this song. And she's like, nah, you're just, you got it. Keep going. I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> these are the these are the things. Uh, but yeah, that song is gorgeous, and I'm really, really proud to have been a part of that because it's like not only a, a really, really beautiful song, but to come from such a personal place. Like there is a few songs like that on Claire's record too, and a couple songs of Kyle Ann's where I just like I really am afraid to be a part of these songs because they touch me in such a personal way that like I'm afraid I'm not going to do a good job <laughs> because I'm so I I feel the weight of how important they are. Yeah. Well, um I was recently watching a video you had posted from a few years ago and somebody who was not worried about the job they were doing was your daughter crooning out the John Prime. So yes. you're doing something right. You're right, but I'm curious about what they think about you know, dad, the rock and roller. Is it automatically not cool because dad does it? They're not. Well, they're eight and 10, so they're not there yet. I still think that there's quite a bit of like, oh, dad, you're famous. Like, yeah. that'll come. <laughs> like, so if you, have you met Taylor Swift yet? Or, you know, like, they just are like, we, he, dad has videos on YouTube and he's in a band. So, like, he's, he's a big deal, right? Yeah. So they don't really have an understanding of scale yet, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the world. Um, but yeah, it's coming. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what 15-year-old Juniper thinks of of the whole scenario. But odds are, like, she'll just be one of the featured performers at Rosaline and Friends. And then a short time after that, I'll just be working for her, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought seriously about how you want to sort of curate or shape their relationship with music as they come into themselves? Because I'm thinking, I, I, I remember you telling me that you got into guitar because your mom made you take lessons. Yeah. But aren't you glad now? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, man, I, I was nine, so I sat in my room and cried for a year because <laughs> my guitar teacher wasn't teaching me songs. You know, it was classical guitar, and it was like, if everything hurts, you're doing it correctly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've taken a real hands-off approach, maybe even to the to the wrong extreme because that video, the John Prine video, John Prine shared that on his Facebook, and oh, we really? ended up getting like maybe a million views on that. And it freaked me out because I was like, no, my kid's not going to be a YouTube celebrity. Because that's what everybody's like, oh, dude, do these videos with your kid and get him in, you know, especially like during COVID and all this stuff. And yeah, anything I ever post with Juniper in it gets a bajillion views because she's always been ridiculously talented and completely um, like, and adorable and confident. And confident yeah. and wants to be. She did her first solo in a play when I think she was like three. Or four, she did a solo in a play for like hundreds of people in a theater and was like, ah, here yeah. I am, don't care. So I don't know. I just didn't really think that that would be long-term good for my kid to be a massive YouTube star. So she's doing plays and stuff now, and she started to do like all-ages stuff at Cultural Park. And so we're putting her in situations where she's doing what she loves and she's being challenged by being around people that are better than her. But I mean, they live in a recording studio. 
but I've never been like, hey, come here and play this mm-hmm. thing. My son comes in, he's like, can I bang on the drums? I'll be like literally in the middle of mixing somebody's record and I'll be like, yeah, fine. And I'll just be like, I'll take a five minute break. So I'm yeah. always like, anything you want to do, anything you want to bang around on, like let's do it. And they're around rock bands all the time because our recording studio is at the house. Right. But I'm never like, hey, you sit down and dad's going to teach you how to play piano. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, we are about out of time, and I want to make sure we have room for one more song, so I am just going to quickly mention again that Rosaline is going to be performing Friday night at Nice Guys in Cape Coral. That show starts at 8 o'clock. Think of it as Rosaline and Friends. There's going to be a ton of other great musical acts there. They're calling it a soiree. It's really a celebration of their newest song. It's like for people who know what the last waltz is, it's that. You know, it's like us backing up all of these other people that are a part of our musical orbit and then them also joining us for stuff. And if anybody here thinks we're cool or charming in any way, they should get on our email list at rosalinetheband.com because that is by far the best way to keep up with these things that will be happening in the future. All right, and you can check out their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, basically wherever you stream your music from. And for more on Caleb's full-service professional recording studio in Cape Coral, visit juniperrecording.com. Caleb Neff, thanks so much, as always, for the music and the conversation. John, did we just start? I feel like time's flying. (laughs) Or have I just talked a lot? Uh, Since we were talking about my kids, I'm going to play this song that I wrote during the pandemic. I kind of had this thought one day where I was like, man, I'm like, especially during that time, everything was like an existential threat. And you're like, we're all going to die in the next 10 minutes. And then I'm going to leave my son a bunch of stupid rock songs. (laughs) That's all he's getting. I just like, oh, man, can I write something that's like sentimental without being backhanded, you know, or Mm -hmm. like because there's I mean, there's a lot of me in all those songs. It's like, you know, Cigarette Heart has a couple of profound thoughts in it, but it's all from a very sarcastic you know, play. So trying to write something that was really just truly from the heart without any of that twisted humor or any of that, you know, negative stuff in it. So this song's not out, but I did do it in the pool series. So it's on YouTube if you want to pull it up. It's called Blade of Grass. There's a whole wide world full of people and things that I don't need to touch. Sushi in Tokyo, France in the spring, a million sights I'll never love. Some people search the whole world round for what I think I already know. There's nothing like the love you could grow. Be a blade of grass, not a rolling stone. Now, my hometown ain't much at all. It's a stretch to call it quaint. It's just as good as anywhere else. You get fruit where your roots stay. And dying in the place where I was born beats all the wine in Rome. There's nothing like the love you could grow Be a blade of grass, not a rolling stone
sun one day real soon it's all gonna end better love the ones you're with you don't get to pick someone else's life but you can love the one you get i hope you don't choose to spend your time wishing you had someone else's home there's nothing like the love you could grow Be a blade of grass, not a rolling stone There's nothing like the love you could grow Be a blade of grass, not a rolling stone